Hi, I'm Andy Kindler, and you're listening to PX Tape Recorder. Are you enjoying it? I certainly hope so. PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Shane Moss. Talked to Shane a few months ago, found this back in the archive, so we're going to uh, run it now for you. We have a song of the week coming up from Varsity, but first, as always, a dumb bit. This week's dumb bit is from the uh, files I like to call, I thought it was funny. So basically what this is, is it's uh, an observation I have. It doesn't really have a punchline, but it just kind of has a what I hope is a funny observation. So, of course, the big story this week, one of them, was comedian Michelle Wolf. Uh, she was the host or, the, uh, the, the I guess, the guest speaker at the White House Correspondence Center. Now, if you listen to my friend Jimmy Dore's podcast, Jimmy Dore asks every year why in the world the White House Correspondents are having dinner with the very politicians they cover. That's insane to him. And, uh, yeah, I guess that is, on the face of it, it is, that is pretty crazy. But of course, uh, as you probably heard, M- uh, Michelle Wolf had some things to, to say, had some jokes that people didn't really, well, people enjoyed them. Uh, some people got their little feelings hurt. And uh, particularly, there was a joke about Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and the joke people mistook as a joke about her looks. It, it was actually a joke about lying. Anyway, so uh, so a lot of folks, Dennis Miller said he was going to work for a couple of days on some jokes about Michelle Wolf, and then he decided he wasn't going to do that. But that's a whole other story. So anyway, so there's a lot of uproar, right, about Michelle Wolf and the White House Correspondence Dinner uh, in 2018. They've been having White House Correspondence Dinners, I think this goes back at, at least to the 50s or, or some such. Um, so anyway, if there was only some way... Some way, Michelle Wolf used to work on The Daily Show, by the way, and only some way we could look back and have predicted what would happen if you have someone who is associated with The Daily Show telling jokes at the White House Correspondence Center, only, only if there was some way. I, I feel like I'm dreaming. Somebody pinch me. You know what? I'm, I'm a pretty sound sleeper. That may not be enough. Somebody shoot me in the face. <laughs> is he really not here tonight? Damn it. The one guy who could have helped. So, of course, that's Stephen Colbert back from 2006. Of course, Larry Wilmore also uh, gave uh, uh, delivered some jokes a couple of years ago and used the N-word when this, uh, giving his salutations to uh, President Obama. He said, you, you know, my N-word, you know, because it, it, he's allowed to do that. He's a brother. He can do that. You, you can do it when it's – although people debate that, you know, in that context – uh, you know, if, hey, look, if Larry Wilmore is fine with it, then then uh, fine. But and President Obama didn't seem to have a problem with it either, by the way. Uh, anyway, a lot of other people did. So, again, you know, it's just crazy that people don't realize that when you hire a comedian and you can look up on YouTube and you can look up everywhere wh- wh- how, what these comedians tell jokes about and, you know, where they're coming from, that, you know, that something that someone might get their little feelings hurt. So I it just it just baffles me. Well, I thought it was funny. Shane Moss is a stand-up comedian from Onalaska, Wisconsin. Talked to him a couple of months ago. This kind of got lost in the shuffle, but here now is our interview with Shane Moss.
I'm uh, I'm outside right now, so let me know if I need to go inside. If that uh, if that helps with the sound or whatever, there's no, people like mowing their yard no, no, and stuff around no, me. You're, so you're, you're so fine. let me know if the sound is an issue. You're fine. And on this end, I, I need to warn listeners: Fangirl has just come home from university, and she's unpacking. So if you hear that noise, no, I'm almost done. Almost done. All right, there she goes. All right. So anyway. Um, so yeah, last time we spoke, uh, you had just come off building an hour around uh, a couple of broken feet, as I recall. Oh, has it been that long? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, I ended up making an album about that called My Big Break. Uh, that was my last album that I recorded. And, um, that, yeah, that was, uh, that was like one and a half or two shows ago. Yeah. So, um, what are you talking about these days? What's, uh, any, any new injuries or is, uh, <laughs> no, I, well, I actually had a, uh, uh, show that, um, that, uh, actually became really successful. I put together a show about psychedelics and, um, and, uh, the people turned out to be very interested in the subject matter <laughs> and ended up doing a 111 city tour uh, with with the this show I called a good trip and um, and I am actually doing it on uh, Tuesday night in um, in Minneapolis at, at okay. Acme. I still I still uh, I still do it on on off night here and it, it's a uh, because of the subject matter, I can't uh, I can't do it on like regular shows throughout the week as my regular headlining set. So I just do it as like a special one-off show. Okay. Um, so so yeah, Minneapolis people will potentially uh, well they will have a chance <laughs> to see me do two different performances if they like, or if uh, some people might have already caught the Good Trip show while I was um, came through with it. Through Minneapolis a few times, um, and so they can see my regular headlining set now. So, do you have to have experience with psychedelics to appreciate the show, or being having been people around who have done psychedelics, or where, what? What's the sweet spot here? Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I would say that um, that most people have uh, a little experience, but but definitely people have come with. With no experience, and I've I've really gone out of my way to articulate it um, for all, but it's definitely um, for for people with experience. It's it's going to be uh, a, a little bit of a um, more. It's going to be more relatable uh, okay. for for them for sure. But but that's just the Tuesday night show too. Yeah, yeah. So so if people want to see me just do regular stand up. That'll be all through the, the rest of the week. Okay, yeah. I was always too scared to do psychedelics. My my friends in college did them, and I was always like, I don't know. Um, yeah, they're not for everybody. Uh, I, I mean, it, the thing is, is that um, I will say that the the show is more of a excuse for me to talk about um, psychology and, and oh, okay. consciousness in a in an interesting way. So, so even if, even without any experience, I, I, most people seem to find it interesting. I, um, I mean, once in a while, there's like, like, I, I remember one show in particular that I had on tour where, where like, um, two like teenagers came with their moms 
Um, and like none of them had any idea what the show was about and then like didn't, they're just like, oh, we're in town and we'll go and see a comedy show. <laughs> and that was awkward for, that, <laughs> for like most of four people because seeing a show about drugs with your, with your mom, I, I think it'd be a little, uh, strange if you aren't expecting that. But for the most part, um, I had nothing but, uh, positive reactions from people with, um, experience or not. But, but it's, you know, I have a science podcast, um, called Here We Are that I've been doing for three and a half years oh, that's now. Right. I yeah. think that I, oh, maybe I didn't, oh, I might not have had it but the last time that we talked. Yeah, I think but, you did. Um, I think we talked mostly but, about broken feet. So I, I, maybe we didn't even get to it because <laughs> that's a, a big interest of mine. Yeah, so. I, I think that I, I may not have had that, sh- that, uh, the podcast at the time. Um, so yeah, I, I interview a lot of neuroscientists and psychologists, okay. behavioral, um, economists and stuff like that. And so I try to work that kind of stuff into my act as much as possible, which I also used to work a lot of science into my act too, but, um, more so now. And it, and it's really, I found that it's difficult to market a show to people like, hey, come and hear my jokes about how the brain works. <laughs> um, I've had more success being like, hey, come and hear about my drug use. No, uh, and then and then tricking people into hearing about how the brain uh, works. Okay, give, give so, the people what they want. That's been my King strategy say. so far. Yeah, give the people what they want, as the kings say. Um so, yeah, the interesting thing about psychedelics that uh, I found was that, um, and this is kind of weird, is that my wife and I uh, met in college, but we didn't date till way after college. But independently, our friends told us, and she told me this years later, uh, we both had friends that were experienced with psychedelics. And independently, we were both told, this may not be for you, just because of the way our personalities were. My wife's friends told her, hey, the way you are, this would, like, exacerbate certain things and my friends told me they said yeah you're kind of prone to being down a lot of times you might not want to do this so i took their i heeded their advice and so did she and and uh and that was that so yeah well i've, I've actually i've actually used them specifically to manage um my long-term uh, oh, sure. depression issues yeah yeah and they've been incredibly therapeutic and helpful for me but but definitely they're not for everybody. Right. The show's more about, um, the, sh- the show is definitely much more about, um, talking about the history of them and, and some okay. of the, the research that is happening, um, at the moment and, and then sharing my personal experiences and, and whatnot. But it's definitely not, uh, I, I've, I've never been one to be like, everyone just needs to drop out <laughs> and then there will be world peace. Uh, I'm not sure that that would necessarily be the case. Um, I mean, wouldn't it hurt to try, probably. But, well, yeah. I mean, uh, but um, but I I don't uh, I I don't think they're for everybody. It's a very uh, it's very different. I I do think that in the future, if we can go back to how most psychedelic um, research started, which was in the therapeutic setting. I think in those kinds of settings, um, that are kind of, that, that would in, in the ideal future be safe and regulated and guided by an expert and yada yada. I think that there, there would be, um, a lot of potential for everybody, in which case I'd be like, yeah, why not? Um, why not give it a try and see if it's right for you or whatever? It's, I mean, no, uh, uh, in the right set and setting, I don't think that there's any um, any more uh, much more risk than 
transcendental meditation or or using flow tanks or something like that. But it, but there is also there. That's assuming that they're screening for a family history of mental health issues and and that sort of uh, thing. But the problem is with prohibition the way it is right now is people are, you know, getting their hands on whatever they're told that they're getting and not knowing the correct dosage and being in these ridiculous environments like a keg party or something like that on, well, yeah. on mushrooms, which is not the best time to be having like profound insights into the human experience while you're like surrounded by a bunch of frat guys like shooting bottle rockets out of their ass or whatever. <laughs> so, so there's definitely like, I, I, I don't, I'm not just like, Hey, everyone get out there and get your hands on whatever you can do and just gobble whatever amount you can, uh, manage the courage to do and good luck to you. <laughs> um, but, uh, but the nice thing about psychedelics is there's no, there's no like addiction or anything like that. Really the, uh, the, um, and there's no, there's no harm of like overdose or anything like that. The, the real, uh, issue is just some, some people have very profound experiences, but they then have trouble, um, kind of settling back into, uh, this regular old perception of reality. Um, but I've always had trouble with this reality. So psychedelics, uh, <laughs> psychedelics never, Never uh, gave me much trouble in that regard. I see. But yeah, they're not for everybody. Yeah, as far as you know, psychedelics for you know for world peace. Some would argue that the current administration is trying that right now. Hey, you. But um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I I think this would be called a bad trip. Yeah. that we're on right now. <laughs> Terrible. Um, so what's in your regular set? What kind of things are you talking about? Let um. Um, right now I've been currently talking, um, about some, um, I, I've been trying to gently walk people into some like more meaning of life stuff, some, uh, a little bit of psychology. I, I really like talking about some of our, um, unconscious, uh, decision-making subconscious kind of thought patterns and, um, and I've been sharing, uh, I'm, I'm bipolar and I've been writing some material about that recently and, and, um, the struggles that I've had and just kind of like trying to improve my life and, and the, the, you know, the journey that we're all on trying to live our life to the most, um, amount of satisfaction or whatever um you know a reward that we're that we're after and uh and the trouble in doing that and and the various ways in which our brains mislead us and and uh and so so yeah I, I, my my current set i have like um some jokes about neuroscience and psychology but done in the fun way that our I'd say relatable to, uh, to anyone. So I'm definitely trying to more and more every, every year I'm really trying to push, um, the envelope in terms of, um, in terms of trying to express, um, bigger and bigger ideas and more complicated ideas in, in accessible ways, um, so that, so that most, anyone should be able to understand them. So, 
So I'm trying to talk, take like stuff about the meaning of life to boil it down into a uh, uh, animal dick joke or something like that. <laughs> so sounds like sounds like deep stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, but then I also have, but then I also have been like closing with uh, with some of some like really really outrageously silly stories of just. Uh, um, outlandish things that I've done in my life, uh, like drunk stories or whatever. So, so I definitely do, uh, I do a little something for, for everybody. Um, but yeah, I, I, the, the material that I'm absolutely the most proud of right now is more, um, cerebral and, and challenging, I would say. And do you think over the years since comedy audiences have kind of, you know, know how com- stand-up comedy works nowadays at least you know when at clubs you know like you know, like an acme or uh, a go bananas in cincinnati that they're more accepting of that kind of thing or if some people still scratching their heads and and like tell a dick joke yeah i mean it's a difficult thing to navigate at, at a place like Acme, um, I have like no doubt that the audience is going to be hanging in there uh, with me, um, at, at least for the most part. But but then it, you know, some 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 kind of lower level clubs that uh, you end up doing on the road. Sometimes there's there's some head scratching involved, and sometimes I, in those situations, I'll I'll. Uh, cater to act more toward like, well, here's the dumb thing that I w- did when I was drunk 10 years ago um, and and get some of the easier laughs or whatever, which I still enjoy uh, a good, silly story uh, and, and just goofy and uh, being funny for the sake of it, too. So I, don't, I actually don't mind when I have to do that. But at a place like Acme, um, I think that, uh, that Acme has curated a a pretty intelligent audience and, and brings comics that are uh, pretty reliably kind of trying to raise the bar content-wise. Maybe not every single person, but I, I'd say if you if you look at um, the Acme Comedy Calendar compared to compared to a lot of comedy cl- club calendars, they're booking more um, cerebral acts. So uh, so definitely, I'm I'm. Uh, uh, do, doing doing my uh, headier kind of material at Acme is the least of my worries. Yeah. <laughs> I, I put a lot more I put a lot more thought into uh, into how I'm going to relate them in in other cities uh, to where. But basically, like some of my more ambitious material, I'm like, okay, so what am I going to do when this doesn't work and people are scratching their heads? And I feel like I I won't be having to do that at Acme. And you know, I'm I'm from I'm also from across Wisconsin, so I'm kind of That's right, yeah. I have some Midwestern sensibilities, and I've been coming through uh, Acme and doing shows in Minneapolis for. Uh, I don't know, ten years now or something like that. So, so uh, I, I also feel like I have a sense of thing. But I, I, um, more of what you may be asking um, is that I also do think that overall um, audiences are getting a little smarter. Maybe I'm just getting smarter and trying out smarter material or being smarter about the way that I'm 
delivering it and maybe audiences have been smarter all along than I've given them credit for. But it might also be that, um, that people are, uh, a little, a little less, um, isolated in, in their little bubbles. I think that, uh, that the variety of television and access to information on the internet and everything else is, is, uh, has kind of everyone's having to kind of get up to speed a little bit. Like, I I mean, I've just watched, uh, I've been watching Westworld on, on HBO. The second season just came out and, and, um, you know, there's like Game of Thrones on HBO. So like, if you, if you have an HBO subscription and you're watching some of their like higher quality content on there, there's like there's very high levels of sophisticated thought happening. Uh, so so even just to like watch good television these days, you, you need to be a, a little better informed. So I think there is just kind of this natural progression where uh, I I think that I think that dumber people are getting smarter because of because television is kind of raising the bar a little bit, maybe not in terms of like game shows and reality TV, but I think of like good quality dramas and, um, and comedies happening out there are getting smarter and smarter. But I, I think that maybe uh, smart people might be getting dumber just because <laughs> TV is so addictive. Yeah. And, um, and so, social media. So, maybe, so maybe we're all kind of, uh, regressing to the mean <laughs> and we're all, uh, becoming a blob of, average intelligence and social media is probably not helping in the uh, upkeep of our smartness you know you you would you think without... oh man oh, i i wish i never would have you know my my representation really pushed me into getting into social media back in like the myspace day and then like when facebook first came out like really impressed upon me the importance of joining this stupid platform that I had no interest in, but they like basically forced me to join up. I think that I would have uh, 11 comedy specials by now had I never, <laughs> had I never went on social media and now I waste hours every day doing, um, looking through, uh, a feed of people's statuses who I just don't care about and we're all just boring ourselves to death. And, and making ourselves angry on there. So, yeah, I kind of dislike social media, but at the same time, I use it to promote my show, so yep. the double-edged sword, sword in that way. Yeah, I mean, I don't... People say, oh, do I need to find out what my friends are doing? Well, I, I like to check in now and then, probably not as much as I have been doing, although for my day job, I kind of have to be on it because I have to... Or the company I work for uses it, so I kind of have to monitor it, and my wife is the same way. She works in social media for a large packaged goods corporation, so she has to have it up, and then, of course, when it's up, you, you're tempted to look at it, and you do. And it's just, yeah, it's just great. Well, most of the time I spend looking and, oh, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> Both of news and, and right. maybe even things my friends are up to. But, um, well, great, man. This was a, a, a great chat. Uh, glad things are going well for you. We'll tell folks, uh, be on the lookout for the, uh, the, the Tuesday show. And then, of course, the rest of the week there, the Wednesday through Saturday at Acme in Minneapolis. And, of course, um, uh, have look for you in other towns as well. And, um, yeah, I appreciate, yeah. Uh, appreciate you taking the time today. Oh, and we'll uh, link to your podcast from my podcast page. 
for folks listening uh, on any other way than through iTunes, like in Podbean, you can we'll link to it. Yeah, that would be great. Here we have a podcast. It's, uh, I have a I have a uh, different scientist on each week um, talking about uh, their particular field of study. Awesome. It's really interesting. And what's the name again? If you want to look at it real quick after they shut off shut off this podcast. What's that? What's the name of your podcast again? Here we are. Here we are. Very good. Okay. And, yeah. Look for that wherever you get podcasts. Yeah, you go to herewearepodcast.com. Excellent. All right, man. Well, great. Have fun up in Minneapolis. Hope to see you soon again in Cincinnati. And uh, have a great day. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, you Shane. Too. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Shane Moss for being on the show. For all your Shane Moss needs, go to ShaneMoss.com. And Moss is M-A-U-S-S. You can find his tour dates and whatnot. And, uh, yes, again, a great chat with Shane. So let me see. That brings us, I guess, to the song of the week. Oh, uh, I have a request for you, by the way, first of all. Uh, besides buying shirts from OldSchoolShirts.com, uh, I would like you to go to the Cincy Shirts podcast, look that up, and uh, maybe just give a listen to it. Even if you're not from Cincinnati, you might enjoy some of the guests we've had. We've had a wrestler on, a guy from WWE, Rob Williams. Uh, we've had a, a soccer star on, Jimmy McLaughlin. He used to play in Philadelphia for the Union, the MLS team. He now plays for us here in Cincinnati, uh, FC Cincinnati. We have a Haunted Cincinnati episode, which, again, it is Cincinnati-specific, but it's really cool. In fact, um, one of the ghost hunting shows came to town a couple of years ago and visited some of the sites this guy talks about. So do check that out. Uh, just look up the Cincy Shirts podcast. There's an old Cincy Shirts podcast in iTunes that has like four episodes, I think. The new one uh, that I'm producing, uh, we're up to episode 12 now. So do look for that. It's in iTunes, Stitcher, all the places you get your podcast. Do check it out if you'd be so kind. And leave a review of that podcast and maybe this podcast too. That would be super. Thank you very much. All right, so uh, Song of the Week. Yes, Song of the Week uh, is from a group called Varsity. They are from Chicago. And I know this is kind of lazy reviewing, but if you're old like me, it's probably the most helpful way to describe a band. Uh, well, who do they fit in with? Well, I would say I would compare them to Alves, who are from uh, Canada, a little less, I don't want to say grungy, but a little less, um, I don't know, it's a little, I don't know, it's it's it Alves uh, adjacent, I would say. Also, maybe uh, a less electronic metric, also from Toronto. But Varsity are from Chicago, and if you're kind of old school, like an old fool, uh, going back to the 90s, think of Velocity Girl. Uh, they had their big hit, um, uh, let me see, Sorry Again was the one, and I think Gilded Stars was their tune that they had on the Clueless soundtrack, and a lot of other great tunes as well. So anyway, had a hard time picking which song I was going to play. Uh, they have a couple of singles off of their new album called Parallel Person, and uh, I think I'm going to go with It Must Be Nice, although I like A Friend Named Paul a lot. I think uh, Must Be Nice, a little more indicative of their overall sound. So uh, we're going to go with uh, Must Be Nice from Varsity as Song of the Week on PS Tape Recorder. Uh, you can check them out, of course, everywhere all over the internet. Uh, their album is out now. Again, it's called Parallel Person, and this is a track from it. Must Be Nice, Varsity, Song of the Week on PS Tape Recorder. So long, and thanks for listening. <laughs>